Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hello, and welcome to the Publicly Challenged Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Oswald, and I hope you join me on my quest for knowledge to become a better public land hunter, angler, and forager. Stick with this, and who knows, maybe we will learn something together. All right, real quick before we get started on the show, I'm just going to talk about Treeline Academy. You've heard me say it. I can't even tell you how many times. Um, Mark Livesey is treelineacademy.net. That's treelineacademy.net. Sign up. Use the promo code PC2020. Save yourself 20 bucks. Can't say it enough. It's awesome. Amazing. Most comprehensive e-scouting course out there. Check it out for yourself. Sign up. Use promo code PC2020. And now let's get to the show. Regularly. I wish I could grow a mustache. I can, but... It, it grows in blonde on the sides. Oh, that's dude. I thought that was your real mustache. <laughs> and then it grows in blonde on the sides and then dark in the middle. So it looks like I have this like weird Hitler stash. So speaking of weird Hitler stash, that was Chris Begbie of the atypical. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot that you hit record. <laughs> or did I? Or did I? Actually, did uh, you guys- yes. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Chris Begbie here. <laughs> pleasure to be on the show. Thanks for the invitation, Luke. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, so um, I'm I'm one of the hosts of the Atypical Hunter podcast, and we do some content on YouTube here and there. Uh, I'm I'm a new hunter. This has been my second season bow hunting. Um, absolutely love it. Kind of always something I wanted to do, and then last year moved across the street from a guy that was really into hunting as well and kind of snowballed from there and it's something I'm very passionate about now and uh, I am very much a greenhorn 
in in the eyes of the hunting community, I would say. But I've been trying to learn as much as possible and uh, met Luke kind of through my experience doing my podcast and some social media stuff. And he's been a good help and, um, you know, happy to to be on today and share some things we've learned over the last last season or couple seasons. But thanks for having us on. And the other one, which you cannot see with his arms folded, staring intently at the screen, is Kyle Mork, also the other host of the Atypical Hunter podcast. So, Kyle, can you kind of introduce yourself a little bit? Yes, I'm I'm Kyle Mork. Um, I've been hunting for a while, just kind of dabbling in and out of it since I was in about seventh or eighth grade. Um, Then 2015, um, I really started getting into bow hunting almost exclusively. Uh, at the same time that my wife kind of got my ass uh, into into fitness at the same time. So, um, but as far as like my experience and everything with hunting, when Chris moved across the street and we started this this podcast thing, uh, it was kind of an opportunity for me to actually do things the right way and start learning things, you know, basically from scratch again. I mean, I'd been hunting for a long time, but not really ever doing anything the right way. So it was cool being with Chris and and really just kind of learning from the start again. Yeah, that's, that's definitely, I always like, I like listening to your podcast because it's even uh, uh, a fresher or a uh, more newbie approach than, you know, like what I've taken um, on on my journey as well. So, I mean, it's kind of interesting to just watch you guys try and figure out some of the problems, especially coming from, you know, different States and trying to figure out each state's regulations and things like that. Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> I've kind of uh, just, just really, really, it's sometimes it's even almost laughable, but at the same time, I kind of, I realized that, you know, there is that, that, that process involved there that, you know, maybe if you didn't grow up reading them or something like that, there's some rules that you could definitely get caught up in. And I think, you guys have definitely almost fallen into those pitfalls a few times. Well, there's been, I mean, if we want to just get into some things like that, I mean, there's been a few times where I've said something on the podcast that I'm planning on doing and someone's called me and been, Hey, you don't want to do that. Like you can't, you can't, you can't, can't do that here. I was like, Oh, all right. Um, but yeah, I mean that last year, the first, one of the first things was just, I was going to, I, I, uh, we did our firearm season and I was going to, you know, bring buckshot, which you can't do in Illinois. Um, but for, for those that don't know, I'm, I'm from New Jersey and his keys in his jeans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, um, what, is, what was that? No, nah, it's just a running joke from just friends. They talk about he's, he's from Jersey. He's skis in his jeans. I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Jean skiers. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I never really grew up hunting. I was more, more of a fisherman. Um, my dad was really into fishing and then coming here and saying, all right, I just want to do this without have really having anyone kind of show me the ropes was definitely tough. So um, public land is kind of few and far between in Northern Illinois. And there's different rules for national land and local land and state land and all sorts of different things. So it was a, it was a lot to navigate, which I think I have a relative handle on now, but definitely, definitely took a little while to get, I mean, the first whole season, I really did. Like I was, second guessing myself every time I was going out someplace. The days of access were the toughest, I think, for both of us. That was something you and I both had to learn from the get-go was accessing public land because I'd never hunted public land until last year. And it was what days you can go on where, when you can scout in preseason. 
you know, I'm, I'm fairly certain we may have been on land that we shouldn't have been on for scouting before the, some of the season started, but that was. Oh, I was, I was for sure. The first, my first season, I, I didn't even, I, I went into it ass backwards. I didn't realize there was a place to park where you're supposed to park and like sign in. I just saw public land. I parked where I thought this was a good place to access it. And then, you know, a month later, I'm reading no, no scouting in this area until, you know, these certain dates. So, I mean, I know now because I, I, I go there all the time, but yeah, it's, there's a lot of, a lot of red tape you have to kind of get through and fine print you have to read to, to play by the rules. That's for sure. So that's one thing that I've never even realized or even seen uh, is the scouting certain, certain dates and stuff like that for scouting. I didn't know that actually existed. Yeah. So in, um, in the uh, displays wildlife propagation area. Um, you can hunt there most days, except in the early season, you're not allowed to hunt there on Sundays or weekends or something like that. They're, like October, they limit the days. And then you're not allowed to scout there until the first week before the season. So really, I, I didn't know that going in. I just assumed it was public. You could just go there, you know. Um, I but I guess because they, they, they grow crops there and they, they raise different animals like game birds and things that they don't want you to disturb them until season time or something along those lines. But yeah, I mean, I know sense. now, but then at the time. Because yeah. I mean, I've never, never seen that for most of the areas that I go to, but I've never hunted yeah. out there. So it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Kinda so lesson crazy, learned is so... uh, check each area you go to before you plan on going there to, you know learn the regs and that each definitely so kyle while i got while we're while we're on here i'm just kind of wondering how do i become a fitness model is that (laughs) like a real thing or i mean i want to collab with people on social media (laughs) the collab those collabs were ridiculous you think they even know what collab no or like the actual word is collaborate you think they know how to spell it those things are ridiculous so I, I've kind of fallen into the the Instagram thing, uh, basically just posting a lot of gym selfies is really what it comes down to, um, which is what Luke is re- referring to um, when the collabs, because what would happen is I'd post these things and then I'd get these random ass, you know, we should collab things, which are really just like, we'll give you a discount on some piece of shit. I can swear on this, right? No, do what you want. Okay. Oh, sorry. I should have asked that beforehand. You know, some, some crappy like t-shirt company or watch company that just overcharge you. But um, yeah, no, you just get a, get a solid Instagram account, buy a bunch of followers, uh, use about a million hashtags and, and you're in. I think, I think I actually started a hashtag. Maybe Chris can help me out on this, but I, I believe it was hashtag keep your shirt on Kyle. You did. You did that. that is a good one. And I have, and then I counteracted that with a hashtag, take that shirt off, Kyle. <laughs> and so as you can tell, this podcast right now is kind of just a conversation and catching up with the boys from Atypical Hunter podcast. It is the first podcast of 2021. But with that being said, this is kind of a lessons learned as you've heard already. So I kind of want to get to Kyle first. Cause it seems like you put an awful lot of pressure on yourself this year yeah, to, to make something happen. Yeah. And after you did that, I'm just kind of curious, like what, 
what did you take away from everything? So it, it's pretty, di- it's interesting, the mindset through the whole thing. And, you know, I know I had, t- I, I obviously was talking to Chris pretty much every day, um, hitting my wits end. I, would, I had been texting you as well. <laughs> um, really, this was the first year where I was hunting every day for, you know, during, during the prime season. I, I had the opportunity to be on parental leave during, basically during the rut in Kentucky. And, uh, you know, I was, I was hitting this area fairly hard and I kept getting busted, um, you know, either getting winded. I was knocking things out when I was walking in, I was too loud. I was making mistake after mistake. And then I hit a rut where there were just days where I just wasn't seeing anything. Um, and you know, and I don't know what, I I can't say that there's like one thing that kind of clicked, but every time, like every time I got winded, I was a little bit more cognizant of watching the wind on the, you know, on whatever app I was using at the time and then getting into the area and, you know, testing the wind out and making sure that I was moving in an air in a way that could, you know, that would be favorable to me. When I was doing that, I wasn't necessarily thinking about, you know, where could the deer be coming from, you know, once I'm all set up in the tree, like, you know, I had like half of the equation figured out with the wind. And then all of a sudden I was like, well, wait, the deer are going to walk in from this different area. So, you know, I'm, I was screwing things up left and right with wind particularly. Um, and it really just kept going. Um, I think I had texted you one day on a r- super, super windy day. And I was like, listen, it's, it's incredibly windy out here. I'm not seeing anything. I'm, I'm just, I'm at my wits end. What, am, what should I do? I got I gotta go back to the drawing board. And basically what you had said was, um, you know, it's super windy. They're not going to hear you moving around, get down and just look just look for scrapes, look for rubs, look for some type of sign that, you know, something's in the area and then just start from there. So this was on one of the three properties that I have access to in Kentucky. I'm walking around, I see sign, then all of a sudden, boom, there's, there's deer. Didn't necessarily spook them out, but it was easy for me to tell where the wind was and I could see how they were moving with the wind. So, you know, I think it was a day or two later um, I was out in the backyard of my in-laws just kind of shooting around and I had kind of decided to take that day off. I was like, I'm, I just, you know, again, I'm still in that kind of reset mode. Um, but what I did was I checked the wind on my app and I'm like, that's a real favorable wind for where <laughs> I want to go. And where I, where I wanted to go was literally on the corner of a golf course on, you know, maybe a one acre wide by seven acre long piece of property. So I'm like, I can only really go into one spot. Looking at that, I knew that the deer would either come from the golf course or from the cornfield on either side of that acre property. And there was a wind that was blowing that, you know, they would basically just come on an angle right to me if, if I was there. And, um, you know, I, get, I got up in that tree, maybe an hour and a half later is big buck down right after that. And I was like, it finally all just kind of came together. I like and how then, you, you, it was an awesome, I mean, it's awesome deer. Awesome. I'm glad it came together for you. And what was even crappier though was how you sent me like some hokey little photo of just a snippet of the deer like you holding something and you couldn't see what the heck it was and i'm like all right yeah you got something you know whatever and then oh, please you, you were you were just as bad with yours this year yeah build uh, up, where do you build up. Learn that from? <laughs> uh no yeah, actually I'm, so, I'm, so to i'm share always that. doing that stuff to you guys so yeah you do <laughs> you do like you keep it's like we're like, we're getting 30% of the story. What's going on? 
But no, there was, I, I could only send certain things out before they got watermarked too. So there was a reason, a kind of a, a little bit of a reason for that too. So, but, uh, I, but there were some people that I'm like, I want to send this picture to somebody. I like, I'm like, I'm sending it to Chris. I'm sending it to my dad. I'm like, I got to send this to Lucas and a couple other people. So <laughs> I like how it, it wasn't last year. It was the year before I sent the one to Chris and he's like, oh man, would you get that buck? And I was like, oh, I don't remember. <laughs> he yeah. got all mad at me. He's like, well, you must be pretty stupid if you don't remember. And I go, look <laughs> at its legs. And he's like, oh, oh. And you could totally tell it got hit by a car after you looked at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Just stuff Always like that. Always sending me these weird things. <laughs> I got to jack with you. But no, um, it, that was definitely cool. I think my biggest takeaway from everything that I learned was probably I am the worst judge of a buck in the moment until the moment passes. And then I re regathered my thoughts and I'm like, and that was stupid. I should have shot that deer, but like, I don't know what it is lately. Like my heart isn't racing. Maybe it's just because I've, you know what I mean? Like you, you get enough encounters or something to where it just really isn't just racing anymore. And, and I'm I have collected. no idea what that's like yet, Luke. I, I have no idea what that's but, like. So I'm collected and, and in the moment I'm like, ah, his head's down. He kind of looks small. You know, I'm looking at him and it happened again this year. It happened again this year. And I, I believe I sent you guys that photo and it was like, yeah. yep. man, I screwed up on that one. And I've got video footage. I haven't even shown you guys of them yet, but you'll definitely make fun of me for passing them. And it was so stupid. I don't, and I chased that deer. I chased that deer for four or five more days but i never had the right wind to get back up on him and set up where i needed to set up where he'd actually he was checking those scrapes and i just i couldn't get close enough to him and finally i was loading loading the canoe every day by myself and i just got burned out and i'm like man if i see another nice deer come by i'm just i'm taking them and i watched that buck that i took i mean i watched him come in and push does across the water and, uh, you know, I just, I, I took him and I'm, I don't regret it, but at the same time, I regret not taking that other buck. You so guys lesson got any... learned is you would take a, take one first time it comes by or, or what, how are you going to, how are you going to judge that next year? I think, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely, um, if he looks decent or I think he's decent, don't, don't try and be judgy and picky because that opportunity might not you know, ever present itself again. I was confident. And I mean, I did see him. I even texted you guys and told him, you know, like, yeah, I saw him at 200 yards away or hundred yards away, but I, I never got close again. And I think I even saw that buck that morning, he was pushing my buck and stole a doe from him the, the buck right. I took, but yeah, it's just one, one of those things that from now on, I don't think I should be as judgy. So were you able, good to, lesson. Were you able to kind of lesson. tell that because you were carrying the camera around this year? This is the first year you, you carried the camera around, right? Yes, it is. And then I kind of ditched the camera <laughs> after a while because I was just like, you know what? I'm so focused. I'm fiddling with the camera. I think that might have actually taken away from me getting an initial judgment on them, too. Yeah. I was trying to get the GoPro on them. And then I had the actual video cam, too. Mm -hmm. And so I had the GoPro. I had it turned on. I was fidgeting with that. And then as he came in, then he kind of got it behind some brush and there was still a window where I could have, I could have put a shot, but it kind of restricted my judgment of how big he was at that point. Like I could have yeah. judged him ahead of time. Right. And, um, what's funny is I, I saw him like 80 or hundred yards out and he, he went 
like south of me and hooked back around and came up my way. And when he went south of me at that 80 yards, I looked at him and I go, holy crap, that's a big buck. And, and maybe because I was jacking with the camera trying to get it on him when he was over there. And then when he hooked back around and came right by me, I don't know what happened, but I didn't think it was the same buck at first. And it was. Really? So the camera, the camera didn't add 20 pounds or anything like that. No, it, it did not. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Yeah. yeah. There's definitely some advantages to carrying the camera around. I mean, you were able to kind of see like, oh man, I, I mean, not, oh man, I screwed up, but you were able to see oh, like, yeah. okay, like that Well, I definitely judged that wrong. And now you're like kind of reflecting back on you. Like I have proof that I judged that wrong. So now. Right. Oh yeah. When he got like next time. 60 to 80 yards out from me and I zoomed in on him, he was walking away and I saw how wide he was. Yeah. And then he turned around and, and faced me because he was watching a couple does. Yeah. And he turned back around and was looking directly at me. And I've got the video footage of that. And I was like, oh, what did I do? <laughs> it was just instant regret. So I think I think that and and passing the buck I did the year before and getting all the crap from everybody. It's not even the grief that ended up guilting me, but I only ended up taking a doe that year and never even filled that buck tag because yeah. I passed on that buck. And that was the last opportunity I had. Yeah. So between that and then this year, it's like, what am I doing? Just yeah. because it's the first day of the hunt. And I, and, and the worst part is, is I knew where to go. I knew where to set up and mm -hmm. I did. And my intuition was right. I was like, the wind is perfect. I'm going to set up here. This is going to be my access point. This is going to be my exit. If the wind changes, mm -hmm. right. I had it figured out and I could have ended it. But there was that, you know, hopeless, like romantic in myself that I was just like, no, nah, it's day one. What are you doing? So <laughs> just don't ruin it. I think that's my biggest thing is, and, and it's kind of cliche, but you hear it all the time. It's don't pass up something on the first day that you wouldn't pass up on the last. And yep. I mean, I, I did and I screwed up on that. So that's definitely my lesson learned 2021. Yeah. That's not going to happen. What about you, Chris? What was your takeaway from this year well, that so was that was sort of my lesson last year so last year i uh i got skunked um mostly by my own doing in the beginning of the season last year i passed on a few does that came by um and then even later season there were some does and i for whatever reason i just like wasn't ready to do that i was i thought a buck might be behind it i was like you know i want to get a buck first and then get a doe late season something like that and i just regretted it completely after that season and I told myself that this year anything that comes along that's you know old enough I'm just putting down right away take that pressure off and that's exactly what happened I had a doe walk in front of me um I don't know it was one and a half two and a half year old doe came out on my first day of the hunting season October 4th um took shot but or took a shot missed the first shot took second shot um and it died within like 80 yards or something like that. Um, but I felt so much relief after that, knowing that I had already, you know, fulfilled part of my goal. So, I mean, that was my first year, the rest of the season, I felt zero pressure. Really. I had a couple encounters with those again later in the season that I just decided to pass on. Um, it was, I was using a lot more this time this year to sort of figure out more deer movement that I did last year. And um, yeah, kind of the same lesson is, you know, take the pressure off you early. And then I felt, I felt like I really enjoyed the rest of the season more this year than last year, which was nice. Um, 
And in doing so, I learned a lot more about buck movement in particular because I was ready to just watch and not like put myself in situations where I was making kind of overreaching moves. I did that a lot last year was putting myself in, in areas where I saw all this sign, there was rubs everywhere and, and bedding and all sorts of stuff. And then I wouldn't see deer. And I kept going there over and over and over again, which was stupid. And I was like, if I don't is, see something, you know, if one, one or two, like after one or two sits here, move, move somewhere else. You know, uh, that's the exact definition of insanity, right? Yes. yes I mean, doing the same action over and over and anticipating a different result. So, I mean, I was like, they're here. I know there's sign here. It's, there's fresh sign every time I'm here. And then it never happened. So I, I ditched that. I ditched that this year um, and, and did a more uh, less, I did a less insane approach to my hunting this year, which was, you know, moving on quicker than I did last year. And it helped, um, you know, I, st I still have yet to put a buck down. So that's, that's my goal for this coming year. And um, another lesson that I learned is trail cameras can be great, but they can also kind of provide a fool's paradise. Uh, we had a lot of good pictures yeah. on a trail cam that we put out. And then I saw no deer in that location once the season came around. Um, so I need to, I need to get better at off season scouting and not rely on a camera that I put out in August. I think that's, that's going to give me some good sign. I think that's huge though. I really do because I've had it to where, and so I actually set up two cameras just recently and one, I was getting pictures, but it was just like hit or miss and it was random. So then I set up two cameras and one facing the opposite direction of that. And it mm -hmm. turns out the deer were going on both sides of that tree. So it's just, I mean, those little things, the deer are still there, but you're relying on that camera to right. kind of tell you, oh yeah, you know, they're not here today. They're not here. Well, no, they are there. They're just, you know, you're not seeing them within the frame of that camera. Yeah. And that's, I mean, and I hardly ever use cameras, but I just wanted, I really wanted to see. And so with that being said, I've also learned that I can kill another buck, a third buck in Illinois. What? I found I found a golden loophole. Yeah. So late season, if you have a leftover tag, that's a shotgun tag or even an archery tag, I believe. Um, maybe it has to be a shotgun tag. I'm not sure on the exact logistics of it because I've got both. But you can go and you can during late winter, which is right now going on right now. It's late winter antlerless and CWD season, which allows you to take a third buck really yep so we got to kill one and two bucks first to get to that third buck but yeah hopefully 2021 that we use that loophole too but that's where yeah the that would be a nice in. problem to run into is yeah. uh, having to figure out how to kill my third buck this this next season <laughs> well this one's a lot better <laughs> than i've been getting on camera he's nocturnal so i got to figure out or find him during the day but i mean yeah. everything i've got is anywhere from eight at night till like 2 30 in the morning and then he's gone yeah. But um, that, that's where I learned that he was actually there is when I flipped that camera around to the other side of the tree and had the other one facing the other way and he was never on the one. But sure enough, he was on the other one. So can I ask uh, your hesitancy to use cameras? Because I've been sort of feeling that way. Like it was exciting to, to get the deer on the camera, uh, you know, before the season started, but it, it didn't really help me too much. I didn't think for one. And then another aspect is like, I don't, I don't know if I want to rely on that or not yet, 
just personally as a hunter. I don't know. I have no problem against other people using cameras. <laughs> I just, so, I don't, I just, I don't know. Like, I just don't know if I'm ready to do that or not yet. So my whole thing is, is one, they're expensive and I don't like getting them stolen. Yeah. Um, especially my wife just bought me a cell camera, which is pretty cool. But also if you want a Pope and young deer, can't use the cell camera. Yeah, can't use cell camera. So anymore. something to be considered if you, if you want to get your deer entered in the book, can't use one. Um, but so my whole thing was I've had them stolen, especially, I mean, we're talking public ground here. And on top of that, you're relying on one frame. Like I said, you're relying on one frame or say you've got two or three of them. And I mean, I know some people they'll put out like, like uh Josh profit will put out 80 something cameras, 83 yeah, cameras. I mean, it's insane the amount of cameras that guy uses. And if that helps him and that's his way he's going to do it, that's fine. But if I can learn the properties i can figure out where the deer are based upon a little bit of sign and topography and everything else and then all i have to worry about is the wind and if i don't get on them that day as long as the conditions are pretty much the same and it's still okay they're going to be hitting this feed or something like that i've learned you can get close enough so one day you're you know you're 80 yards off and the wind's ideal the next day too you're just going to get in there and move in closer or tighter and and i found that that's better than focusing on one area because unless you're putting out 80 something cameras which i don't even know i don't have time to even go out and check them you know what i mean so that's a crap ton of money too Jeez, yeah Yeah, it is but so i mean like with with that happening like that basically i just i mean i don't want to i don't want to have to go out and check them like that when i can try and figure it out on a map and go okay i know this is where they're going to be yeah. So that's kind of my philosophy. You're, you're, you're dropping scent every time you go in there too. I mean, you're disrupting things. And that's, that's probably the biggest thing, you know, when you talk about cameras, you know, the public versus private land part too, the pre- like just you being in there or the pressure itself, like having experienced the ones that Chris got on the camera that we put out in that swamp area, you know, we were like, Oh, we got two, you know, two nice bucks. Oh, we had what, two, three pictures of them. Yeah. Yep. And then, you know, running cameras out in Kentucky where, I had an area where I set it up, Luke, kind of like how you talked about with, you know, one camera on one side, one camera on the other. Um, and honest, from the same lesson learned that you had talked about where it's like they're walking behind the camera, I would get four or 500 pictures. And I was like, okay, well, I've got an inventory of bucks coming through here. I would set up in that area sometimes, but, you know, there, I, I think I could rely on the cameras a little bit more because I knew I was the only person hunting that area at that point. So I think that's the, the amount of pressure. If you got a lot of pressure, your camera, the value of your, the pictures of your camera maybe go down a little bit. But if you're on private in you know the surrounding area, you you know is pretty unpressured. I think you have some a little bit more value on the private side. Yeah, I think so. That like adding to that too. Like if you have a set stand location, like a lot of guys set up their stand, they're not mobile. Mm-hmm. They're kind of you know, hey, we're gonna put up a ladder stand here. It's on whatever trail or you know yeah. whatever. I think. Um, that that would be beneficial because that is your shot window, you know. Mm-hmm. So now you know when that deer's coming through. I mean, I've heard stories of, you know, guys have cameras and they know that deer's coming through at eight thirty-five, so they slip in there at like seven forty-five or even eight o'clock, and that deer's yeah. dead by eight thirty-five. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it just all kind of depends. But yeah, I'm not uh, not really really keen on them. Yeah. Yeah. I may I may use one. I may I may get another one or two. And just see if, you know, some patterns that I'm predicting are repeating sort of thing. Um, 
I'm definitely not going to blanket the area with 80 cameras. <laughs> yeah. Sure. So $600 that, worth of cameras. With that being said, are you going to take me up on my offer next time I invite you to come with me? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. Mostly, mostly just to see, you know, what you're doing. Like, you know, every, everything I'm, I'm learning has been mostly through listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and, and Kyle's experience basically. And, um, just to have another like actual hands-on tutor kind of helping me out, I think would be really, really great. Um, but yeah, I mean, anytime for sure. I know I wanted, I wanted to get my, my own buck in like my own public land area that I go to. And that's still a big goal of mine, but, um, yeah, I'm not going to be as, as picky about it, but that's definitely a goal. I mean, the area I hunt, I can't imagine a more pressured area than the areas that I hunt in. And I think if I can be successful there, that's a real testament to the growth that I've achieved at, at that point. So I want to get there, but yeah, anytime you want to help me out and some, <laughs> I just couldn't believe when he turned me down, I was like, I'm telling you right now, come with me tomorrow because I think it was like Kyle had, had plans to go out. You guys were going to go out together and then something happened. I don't know if it was baby related. There's or always something that happens. On my something. Whatever There's it was, but I was like, Hey something. man, <laughs> if you're going out, I'll take it. Come on, come with me. We'll go out. And you're like, that yeah, was also, that was also right after I saw like the biggest buck that I've seen in person. Oh, like that you didn't was like, tell me that. <laughs> no, of course not. Yeah. I, it was like the biggest buck I saw, uh, in my short hunting career. I was like, I just want to get this buck. I, I went, I went, I tried like, six times to get that buck coming in from different areas, setting up in different locations, trying, finding its bedding. And I only saw it that one time, which was a shame, but that, that was in, my, in the back of my mind. I was like, I can get this buck. I'll get this one. I won't have to get Luke's. And but then yeah, next year, is next that year where, uh, is that where you ended up where the other hunter was like, you ended up snapshotting a picture and like, you could see the guy's feet in the stand waving at each other. <laughs> yep. And then he got, he got a deer that day. Oh, that, that guy what happened there uh, tell me that story um what day was that i forget what day that was it was the it was december um might have been christmas eve or something like that uh but it was um you know muzzleloader archery and i pulled up to the parking lot and no live 15 16 cars in the parking lot Ugh. everyone walking in at the same time i thought i was there early enough it was like 11 30 uh, my wife was super pissed at me that day. Cause I left like half an hour earlier than I, than I was supposed to. And I was, you know, getting grief there. I trekked in and, and got set up Wind was fine. And then an hour and a half later, some other guy comes trucking in, set up around the corner from me and, you know, deer comes walking down the path. I mean, I don't know if the deer would have come close enough to me to shoot with the bow, but he, he took it out. Um, I didn't even, I couldn't, I could see it was a, I could see a deer. I, I just couldn't see if it was a buck or a doe. Um, but that, that was not a fun, a fun day. I was like, this, this is, this is a rough one. I need to, I need to go somewhere else next time. I've uh, had it before. I mean, it was like opening day, not last year, but the year before, I guess, technically now that it's 2021, but, um, opening day, I'm sitting there and it's like, just getting light out. I hear some sign or some movement, you know, kind of going on in the background. I'm like, sweet. I'm on this buck's bed. 
And then nothing. I don't hear anything. Then I kind of, it's like, I don't know, nine o'clock now, nine 30. And all of a sudden I see this flash of like white. I look over and at first I thought it was like a deer's tail. And I'm like, huh? But I was like, it's way too noisy. So then I look and it's this dude carrying a bright white bow with like neon pink arrows and a blaze orange freaking bino harness. And just like, I mean, he's wearing like a winter snowsuit that's like <laughs> brightly colored and he's walking through with his bow. And I'm like, and that was the only dude I ever actually said something to. I was like, Hey, how's it going? just from up in the tree because it was like the amount of noise he was making it didn't matter i actually thought about getting down and i was like hey how's it going he's like oh sorry and just kept (laughs) oh sorry yeah so i waited like i waited like two more hours and then you know just kind of moseyed on out and got down and then went and bought a turkey tag because i saw a bunch of turkeys that day though there you go i think that might have been the initial noise i heard yeah so but then i mean then you fast forward to like this past opener and I'm set up on a tree and it was very close to where I took that doe two seasons ago. And, um, I'm, I'm set up on the tree and it just so happens. I look down after I'm set up and the, and the tree right underneath me, I somehow I didn't see it cause I got spun around on the tree as I got up in it, I had one of them little night eyes in it and I'm mm. set up ready to go. My bow's hang and everything. And then I see a light just bouncing, bouncing, bouncing through the woods, coming right, you know, to lap, coming right to me. And I'm like, huh, what the heck's going on? And here that night eye lights up when his, when his, uh, headlamp hits it. And I'm like, ah, oh, geez, but if there was nothing in the tree and he keeps walking and he's like, Oh, looks up at me. And he's like, I must be off a little bit or something. And I'm thinking, no, this is probably your you're, marking. You're right on your line here, Pat. Yeah, you know, you're you're right where you're you're supposed to be. Just bad timing. <laughs> bad timing. So he went further or whatever. And and um that that's actually that doe that I shot. Don't go and, don't go further. That's that's a lesson I learned this year too, is don't yeah. go further. Nope. Yeah. Put on that bad shot. But he shot at that same doe and she was super spooked when she came in. And that's my other lesson learned is I'm never going to try and stop a deer again, especially if it looks on edge. Like if it, if it's coming in fast, I mean, you know what I mean? Like a deer, they might take 20 minutes to go 30 yeah. yards. Yeah. And if it's not doing that and it's not its normal pattern and it's coming in real fast and hot, I'm not going to try and stop it to get a shot off anymore no. because I ended up, she, I don't know if she jumped it or whatever she did lurch forward a little bit when she heard that arrow coming but it ended up putting a bad shot and it screwed up my whole mindset for the opener of the season. And it caused me to question and second guess myself when I shot that buck to the first buck that I took. Yeah. It just, so that I think that's definitely my other takeaway is just <clears throat> never stop a deer, especially if they're on edge. Yeah. That's just good advice. Let it happen. That's good advice. Yeah. We all, we all, uh, have fallen victim to making bad shots on our first shot over and the last second. two seasons. I mean, you and I, Kyle, both did that this year. We missed our first shot. Mm-hmm. I mean, mine, mine, when my doe came out, I, I ranged it. I had time to range it. And then it kept moving what I thought was 
like 10 yards further, but it probably was five yards further. And then I shot clear over it. And luckily it had moved back to where I ended up ranging it initially. And I was able to make a good shot the second time. But I mean, you had a pretty similar thing happen to you. Yeah. Uh, so the lesson I learned for sure was be ready to take a second shot pretty fast. Yeah. Practice the second shot. I mean, yeah. don't, don't just be ready, like practice that second shot. Which we we had both done, which was fortunate. Well, because um, we both that, learned that was my, huge. my calamity last year with that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that was one thing that I took away from you guys too, after talking to Chris initially about all that was definitely definitely start practicing that second follow-up shot. Cause I'm sure there's a lot of times, you know, you, if you think you, you know, you put a bad shot on them or something, but the deer, it, it gives you that instant where it stops or just does something yeah. for a second to where you can put that other one on. I think that's huge. I mean, even if you make a good shot, why wouldn't you just try to take a second one anyway, just to make yeah. sure, you know? Yeah. Right. So yeah, that, that was big. Um, another thing I learned is I got a new bow this year and Bows made, you know, post 2017 <laughs> are much better than bows made in 1988. Uh, yeah, I can see that. I I'd recommend that. using a newer bow over an older bow any day. Yeah. That's that thing. Sure. That thing had been taken apart and put back together without a bow press so many times. Every time he pulled back on it, I was like, yeah. Just a testament to my superhuman strength being able to put limbs back on a bow without a press. I still have no idea how you did that. <laughs> Not even going to ask. I got, I got, the, Sanders, I got Colonel the text Sanders knows over here. Yeah. I got the text at work. He's like, yeah, I, I, uh, I was messing with the string. It came off. So I took the limbs off and put the string back on. Now I got the limbs back on. And this is after I, I mean, we, what, we've been buddies for only a couple of weeks. I was like, how the hell did you do that? <laughs> like, I, like, I didn't know that wasn't a normal thing to do. Did you like physically push it down on the ground and like, did you step on it at any point? What did you nope, do? I just I put it on my lap and just did it on my lap. Yeah, good. That's good. I mean, granted, it's not like a super, you know, high poundage bow. It's, I think it was 63 pounds or something like that. My dad's old bow that I was using. And it did yeah, have like, some longer limbs. I'll give it that. It long did. limbs and the cans are I like mean, it wasn't $100. easy. It certainly wasn't easy, but I, I managed to get kind of the screw in, threaded a little bit. So it gave it enough tension and then was able to, you know tighten it down enough to get them in there properly but it worked that's, i mean that's good it worked that's for sure all righty yeah. yeah so yeah. it was good talking to you guys having you on learning some lessons um you guys want to tell everybody where they can find you guys listen to you find out more of all the fun things that you guys do and make me laugh and that's why i listen <laughs> love having you on. sure sure uh well you can listen to our our podcast um it's certainly not as regular uh, as as luke's is it's kind of uh you know we we have one-off episodes discussing things that we've been up to or you know things we have going on in this season but we're on you know anywhere you have podcasts spotify stitcher apple it's the atypical hunter podcast we are at atypical hunter uh on instagram and we have a YouTube page, which is the same thing, uh, just Atypical Hunter. Mm -hmm. um, Kyle, Kyle is more in charge of the, uh, the YouTube content with his fitness model physique that he has. He's, he's good in front of the camera. Um, yep. But, you know, we try to do some reviews on things that we find useful and, uh, you know, things like that. But, yeah, thanks, thanks for having us on. Did I miss anything, Kyle? No, I think you, I think you nailed all of it, man. Uh, kind of wait. <laughs> 
<laughs> kind of like all those uh, Insta huntresses uh, nailing your DMs all the time. There. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I, just, yeah. I just I can't keep them away. It's it's insane. <laughs> my wife's my wife's the one who manages it now. I got a lot of explaining to do most of the time. I just, I just understand. I just no, it's it. been good. <laughs> it's always entertaining. Yep. yep. But thanks again, yep. Lucas. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, no problem, Thank man. You, thanks for coming on. <laughs> uh, till next time. <laughs>Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. One of the most legendary shows in the outdoors is on Waypoint TV. Don't miss Primo's Truth About Hunting, Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.